Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to The Toast. Happy Thursday. I hope everyone's having a great day. Congratulations on making it to the latter half of the week. That is no small feat. Do not... Do not underestimate the fact that you did that. You motherfucking did that. And you know who did that best with the most grace and gorgeous red hair and shiny porcelain skin? It's my sister, my turd, my jacks. Turdy, the compliments are just rolling in today. To what do I owe this pleasure? Do you need a favor? No, wench. I just am feeling lighter than air. I think the spirit has left the building and I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. That's so great to hear. I love that for you on this gorgeous Thursday as we usher in the weekend. The long weekend. True. Ooh, I could use a long weekend. This is really exciting news. And I wasn't planning on doing anything. I like, you know, the the holiday kind of snuck up on me. I love to take advantage of a three-day weekend. But I decided this morning that Ben and I are going to take a trip to Turdsville, USA. Oh, how exciting. I heard it's beautiful this time of year. I know. It's kind of like this up and coming hotspot travel destination. And I'm really excited. That's so exciting. Are you actually going anywhere? No. Hmm. I know. Like the holiday just like got away from me. And to be honest, like I have such a busy week next week. And I feel like if I went away, like I'd just be tired. Yeah, that you need a vacation from your vacation. Right. <laughs> So, um, no, I'm not doing anything. Presidents, it's just like, it's not long enough. It's not yeah. long enough. Ooh, maybe I should do like a staycation. Yeah. Because that's like a cool thing about living in Florida. Like there are so many hotels and resorts and fun places for a vacation. I'm going to look into it. I really like need, except a, a vacation with a baby is just not a vacation. So true. We were just talking about that, about a trip that we want to take. And I was like... The thing is, if we bring Harry, it won't be fun. And if we don't bring Harry, it won't be fun. So, like, what am I supposed to do? You can leave Harry with me, fly somewhere that's, you know, New York is on the way, drop him, and you'll you'll feel so good. He'll he'll be totally fine in my care. It's not about me worried about his care. It's me about me missing him. Like, what am I doing here without Harry? You need to get over that. You need to get over that. No. He needs his mommy, and his mommy needs him. He needs his auntie. Also, you would be going on the trip with me, wenchalish. Wenchalish. Wenchalicious wench. Wenchalicious definition, make the boys go loco. That's so true. We're constantly making the boys go loco with this show. Yeah, like actually we're making the husbands go insane. Speaking of, I had a small update from yesterday. The first is 
I did get February 15th red roses. Stop. They arrived at approximately two o'clock yesterday and it was, it was great. I loved my daylight flowers. And the card said like February 15th is so much better than February 14th. Like Ben was trying to poke fun. I appreciate the effort, but I'm just considering this year a wash. Yeah. And we'll try again next year. Except you had a lovely dinner and you went to a show. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because I because I planned it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, didn't we learn from things our husbands do that annoy us that if you just, if you want something done, right, you do just got to do it yourself. We have, yeah. we have to have no expectations. And then the second update was from yesterday's episode when we texted Ben whether he knew who Maverick was. He did answer me shortly after we wrapped and he said, your old boyfriend, question mark, which is definitely like an over, you know. Simplification. No, no. It's like an over dramatic. Like we were, we were in the seventh grade. We were like never, not once boyfriend or girlfriend. Like I just like was obsessed. Um, so like I think if he like, you know, knew I was referring to him as my boyfriend. He would be like, that's weird because we were never boyfriend and girlfriend. Chill. But he got it right. That's so funny. I thought it was an oversimplification. Like you're the one that got away. Oh, you're a you. boyfriend. For you, it's an oversimplification. Yeah. For Maverick, it's extremely dramatic. Right. Right. Like, oh, by the way, that wench from my seventh grade class totally random and I don't know the word dramatic just triggered me did you hear that rumor that ABC is like looking to maybe bring back Chris Harrison for The Bachelor because it's like The Bachelor is like floundering I don't know if that rumor is even remotely true but I did see it somewhere no I haven't heard anything of the sort isn't that crazy that is crazy do you think that's possible I think if Chris Harrison were to accept it like I think that would be losery of him. Mm-hmm. And I think if The Bachelor were to actually offer it, I think that would be losery of them. Like, yeah, like admitting I, that they're big losers and that they messed up. No, but like they fired him to, you know, like as performative allyship, like cancel culture. We didn't like what you said. We're firing you. Two years later, we're bringing you back. That's performative. That's not real fucking, like you don't care. You just did it because people wanted you to. Yeah, that's why I don't think it's true. I don't think it's true either, but like it wasn't from like that unreliable of a source where I saw it. It, was, it seemed like a decently respectable outlet. I don't remember which one. Do you think he would accept? I don't know. I don't, I'd have to know how his podcast is doing. Like you can make a lot of money in podcasting if anyone gives a shit. So if people are listening and he's like making money and he doesn't have to deal with all that, maybe he'd just be happy with this more simple life. Yeah. And maybe and he's like, it's like feeling a sinking scrupled. ship. No, but also, no, but like he is the bachelor ship, you know, like, and that's why his podcast, like if it's not about the bachelor, like what does he have opinions on? I don't know. That's why we were saying when we were first reported it, like he needs to have a beat fishing, right? Right. Sea fishing, what farming, right. whatever he wants right. to go in on. Um, but I just would say like, that would be a situation for me where it's like, I have scruples. I have dignity. You can go fuck yourself. Yeah. I don't know if he's a scrupled person, but to be honest, I think either way, like the franchise, even if Chris Harrison were to come back, I think the franchise is at a point where it's like, it's past the point of no return. Like it's on its way down. And I don't know if you want to be the captain of a, of a sinking ship. I think it could, anything could happen. Anything could happen. Anything could happen. It has so much like recognizability. There are all these other dating shows that say they're the new bachelor. It's like still the standard yeah. Why can't we turn this, this ship around? 
Yeah, I guess. But not with like the way the current leadership, you know, but they don't yeah. even know what they need to change things. And again, it could be totally untrue and this conversation could be irrelevant, but I thought it was worth discussing here at the toast. Yeah, because it certainly wasn't going to be a story. No, no. Um, but we are going to be talking about Kelly Ripa, which, you know, we've got some not so mindless news today about Kelly, which is different. It's new. Yeah, we're going to be talking about her in a meaningful way. Which is something I'm just going to have to like kind of rewire my brain for because I'm not used to that. Yeah. But like she something- is always at the center of like morning show drama. So that we're used to. No, it's true, actually. Either we're talking about the most like moronic, mindless thing when it comes to Kelly or there's like major news at her show. Yeah. Like she did something like incredibly savage. Right. I mean, for me, like I will always, you can add it to this list of my favorite stories. Like I think that like the way she acted with the whole Michael Strahan thing, like I never looked at her the same. Yeah. Like, to me, she was such an entitled, spoiled brat during that whole thing and so not supportive of someone who should have been her friend, like, and who actually did a great job on her show. I really didn't like that. I I stand with Michael Strahan. And she's never even offered to, like, give her side of things, which probably just means that they're, like, there is no side to say other than, like, I was being a brat. No, and by the way, when she like didn't show up for work after, you know, the Michael Strahan thing for a few days, she came back and gave like a monologue. And what she said, she was like, you know, she basically said, yeah, I threw a tantrum, but I've been doing this for 20 years and I felt like I was entitled to. And it's like, okay, take a seat. Maybe it's in her book. Maybe she didn't talk about it in her book. maybe. Yeah, that's true. But I feel like there would have been like a million press articles written about it because people love to like take excerpts from celebrity memoirs and just like spoil the most juicy parts. Mm -hmm. And there wasn't. No, not that I recall seeing, but I definitely was not, like, looking at her Looking excerpt. for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so true. So. That's what we'll get into today. That's what we will get into. While I plan my trip to Turtsville, USA, I'm really excited. Um, what's up with you? Not too much. My back is still out, so mm. that's weird. Don't you think mm. that's weird? Yeah. It's, like, a little sus, don't you think? Okay, like, who are we blaming, you know? I don't know. I don't know who or what to blame. And in the early days, like when I would sleep, I would wake up feeling better. And now it's getting worse in my sleep. What the fuck's that about? Yeah, no. I mean, I'm all I'm 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 all on board to like hop onto a conspiracy theory and blame someone. But you got to provide. Like, I don't have a theory. Ideas. I don't have a theory yet. Okay, because it's suspicious for sure. It's super suspicious. Tomorrow will be one week. Mm. That's weird. I think it's just mamahood, you know. So true. So it's Harry's fault. Like, you can never fully recover from a broken back because you have to keep bending down. Yeah, and getting this little slippery seal. So I don't want to say it's Harry's fault because absolutely nothing on the planet will ever, in perpetuity, be Harry's fault. I want to say it's Zach's fault for getting you pregnant. (laughs) I love that. Love that. One of my favorite activities, I would say maybe one of my talents, is finding a way to blame literally anything on Ben. Yesterday, Theo, before his, we were both getting ready for work, and I was like, damn, I haven't seen Theo in a while. And I go, and he's like, eating a whole bag of Valentine's Day candy. And what kind I of had, candy? Chocolate? I don't know. The bag was gone. You li- Like the bag and the can, like not a trace. No, the bag, the cellophane was there, but it was completely empty. So there was not a trace. I was like sniffing it, but it smelled like Theo's breath. I do not know what it was. So I was like. bought it? So it was a gift from Ben's mom. She left us like a little, like cute little gift bag with our doorman on Valentine's Day. We did like a bottle of champagne and little chocolates. It was so sweet. Sounds like you had like a poppin' Valentine's Day, by the way. 
Yeah, no, it was kind like of great. That, like every box was checked for Valentine. <laughs> Except for Ben, which is the only one that matters. But like you built your own Valentine's Day. Like you had champagne, you had candy, you had deliveries, you had concert, you had dinner. Like, So when the bag, the when the doorman brought up the bag, I did take it and leave it um, on top of this Amazon return that was on the floor. So like it was, you know, pretty much my fault. Um, but I was like so mad and like so flustered and running late for work. I just like had to figure out a way for it to be Ben's fault. And I realized like I'm so toxic. Yeah, but you can't be expected to think of everything. No, like what, I have to plan Valentine's Day and make sure Theo doesn't get into the chocolate? Like, I can't do everything in this house. So he had chocolate? It was chocolate? I don't know. I don't know. But he was fine, so thank God. Damn. Go with Theo. Big day. Big day for Theo. Yeah, on the one hand, like, it's always sad and scary when these boys get into things that they shouldn't. But on the other hand, like, I'm, I'm happy for them. No, as long as it, it's not something toxic, like, I'll, I'll reprimand. But I'm like, you know what? Good for you. Harry threw his brother a whole piece of chicken last night. Oh, my God, did Bruno love it? Yeah, but he ate it so quickly, I don't even think he tasted it. That's the thing with these dogs. They, they eat so fast because they're so afraid we're going to yell at them that they don't even take time to savor. Yeah, to, like, if I had known you were going to have a slice of chicken, like, I should have put it in your bowl... A little garnish. Yeah. Warmed it up. Totally. Um, So yeah, Theo had probably a better Valentine's Day than all of us combined. For sure. As he should. As he should. As he should. As he should. Because he's kind of like asexual and he's like not interested in partnership. It's not that Theo's asexual. I think he has a really, really hard time when it comes to looking for a partner, finding someone who's on his intellectual level. Yeah, but I feel like he doesn't even try. It's he's a little jaded and like he just thinks that person's yeah. not out there. But his I mentality think, is definitely why bother. But I think he could bother. I think he could find someone. Well, maybe you should talk to him about it. I will next time I see him. I'll give him a pep talk. A pep talk. I'm the oh, love so you decided, guru. You decided to wear your bar sweater today because there's been enough days since I did. the last time it you wore it. It was four days of holding out. I put my hair in like a low bun today, so I just figured. The bar. No, the low bun is a perfect compliment to the bar. Right? Because you don't want a lot of hair. It's a big sweater. You got big hair. You're just big all around. 100%. But if I'm sleek, and then I'm like with my big sweater, I'm just so sleek. So, yeah, they call them that like the clean girl aesthetic. Like we're just so like clean and cute. Are they still saying that on the talk? They, they are. Not as much as they used to, but they are. We actually have a story today, a heartwarming TikTok story that warmed oh. my heart so Yeah warmly that I need to share with the class. So you know what? Let's dive in, Jax. I love that segue. Without further ado about the love interests of the do's, here are the fast five stories that you need to know. And today's episode is brought to you by State Farm. The State Farm personal price plan helps you create a plan that gives you options. So you get affordable price. And it comes with a lot of benefits, like the coverage you want, a policy that helps cover what's important to you, and an affordable price just for you. Because after all, life is just better when you can personalize your experiences. We are always stressing the importance of personalization here at The Toast, because you know there are very few things in life that are more personal than insurance. Comedy, poetry being a few of them, food, but Insurance is really personal based on your needs and life is just better when you can rock out personalized. Personalization means you have the power to choose what you want to include and what you want to leave out. It just feels better that way and why shouldn't insurance work like that? 
That's what the State Farm Personal Price Plan is all about. You can choose to include options like building your home and auto policies, which means you'll get the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. In the end, you'll have a policy that gives you what you want. And what feels better than that? Life is just so much better when you can personalize things to your taste and your needs and leaning, like for me, like if I'm making a Taylor Swift playlist, like you know I'm gonna lean heavily on the Evermore era and maybe just like a little light on the Taylor Swift debut era because personalization is key. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com today to create your State Farm personal price plan. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer availability and eligibility may vary. Again, call or go to statefarm.com today to create your State Farm personal price plan. Thank you, State, State Farm, for supporting today's episode. Today's episode is also brought to you by Missouri. Most people don't most people think about buying jewelry for occasions only. Missouri does fine jewelry differently by celebrating every day, not just the big moments. Their high-quality pieces are designed for you to wear your way, whatever your taste, mood, or budget. Missouri drops new limited edition products every Monday. They feature responsibly sourced diamonds and recycled 14 karat solid gold pieces that you can sweat in, shower in, and sleep in. It's such a relief to like actually invest in well-made jewelry that you don't have to like take off every time you start to perspire or when you want to take a shower. This is really jewelry that you can live in. It is made in a really like responsible way and it's just great to actually have pieces that you can live with for many, many years. You can discover fairly priced and expertly handcrafted styles to wear and love forever. Whatever your design aesthetic is, whether you're more of like a dainty girl, you like gold, whatever your style is, Missouri has so many different options for you when it comes to jewelry that will stand the test of time that you can have for many, many years that you can, you know, not be super gentle with, but it'll still look good after a good amount of time. And I just love that there, I have so many pieces now that like I can shower with and I don't have to take all my rings off before the shower, before I go to bed because I sweat in my sleep. It's not going to turn my skin green. Missouri is the place to be. If you're looking for a sign to buy yourself the diamond or the gold hoop, the bracelet or the necklace, then this is it. Make your own day and go to Missouri.com. That's M-E-J-U-R-I.com, Missouri.com. Thank you, turd. You're welcome. Our first story, some exciting news. Rihanna and family are on the cover of British Vogue. Rihanna graced the cover with her partner, ASAP Rocky, and their baby, who they call Baby. We don't know his name. She's not sharing his name, but he is referred to as Baby. She's talking about motherhood, Super Bowl, new music, baby clothes. She really, you know, it's a glowing interview that she gave and she's really seems pretty open um in terms of what she was willing to talk about uh I just want to say like kind of obsessed with the name baby for a baby like it's kind of I know, I know it's like a the interviewer said like everyone on this uh on her team and the parents like everyone calls him baby so much that she actually started to wonder if his name is baby oh that's actually really funny and I kind of like like that name it's like so, only something Rihanna could pull off but like it's it's cool yeah it is cool the pictures from the shoot are gorgeous of course I yeah, I mean, Baby stole the show. He's so cute. He's so cute. And I, I, the photos were gorgeous. And what I've learned in the last, like, week from just getting so much Rihanna content is, like, I'm kind of obsessed with ASAP Rocky. Like, the way he's, like, such a supportive partner in the sense that, like, He's like in the background of the photos. It's like not about him. And I think a lot of guys, especially guys who are in the spotlight themselves, he's like a very accomplished rapper, would maybe feel weird and like ego. And it just feels like he's so down to support 
his girl and like I'm obsessed and that's what Olivia Wilde was like trying to say but like gave us all the ick but she's right like it's every time I like see something about him as it pertains to her I like love him I agree I was looking at pictures like in one of the um write-ups about the interview and it's all pictures of her throughout her pregnancy and like she's obviously like the star the bump they went to a lot of events together and it's like crazy how he was like always by her side when you would expect like when Rihanna shows up anywhere and especially like pregnant with her belly out like it's gonna be all about Rihanna but like they really I feel like more than ever are just a united front when it comes. No, they're a family. They're a family. And I think it's really, really sweet to see. And also she talks about how he's such a good dad and how baby is obsessed with him. And she was like, I gave birth to you. Like, what are you doing? Um, so disrespectful. So disrespectful. But she feels as though like sons and fathers, like that's the bond, which is right. in a way is true. Cause she was like, you know, at the end of the day, the validation that they care about is like from their father, but little boys and their mommies. Little boys and their mommies. Oh, oh, and little boys and their aunties, of course. So true. She didn't mention any aunties for baby, though. Maybe she wants to just protect the aunties, you know, privacy at this time. Yeah, and like one thing at a time. Like we're debuting as yeah. a family. He'll have his aunties right up in a later date. She looked gorgeous. British Vogue is also like such a classy move. Something about British Vogue is like so much more elevated than American Vogue. I think American Vogue, at least for me, like feels very like commercial now. And like, I don't know, it doesn't feel like elite or like exclusionary. I can't explain it. Like fashion is supposed to like make you feel bad about yourself. And like British Vogue does. Yeah. I think it's just the difference between like Anna Wintour and like what she chooses. And Edward. I feel like a lot of the time she's behind. And so what, by the time something makes it to her cover, it's like, oh, this isn't, this doesn't feel fresh or new or innovative. And Edward Ennefel is just like on the cusp. I also think from like a personal relationship standpoint, so many celebrities like love Edward and they're like always spotted with him personally and like privately and I feel like they just fear Anna Wintour and they don't like really like her on a personal level or like they just want to remain in her good yeah, graces like they're good with her and everyone wants to be good with her but I don't know that anyone would say like I love her like we have this relationship like we we talk you know she's yeah. my girl I agree with that I think like Edward gets like so many dinner party invitations. He's overwhelmed. I think Anna does too, but they're invited for different reasons. You always invite people to a dinner party. This yeah. person's funny. This person I like. Like this person I don't want to piss off. And yeah. it's like a status thing. Yeah, yeah. So I think like the the reputation over the last few years of British Vogue. I mean, Nicola Peltz and what's his name? Their wedding exclusive was British Vogue. Like they kind of just like get the best exclusives, especially for things that like really should be like Rihanna did the American Super Bowl. They got married in America, yeah. in Palm Beach. Like for big American moments, I feel like British Vogue is like kind of like always like stealing the exclusive. I wonder if Anna Wintour hates Edward. I feel like, no, yeah. No, I wonder if like the Vogue offices are, were quaking over this because this should right. have been their story. Like it is a lot about the Super Bowl and they're trying to like, they didn't ex like, you know, over explain the Super Bowl, but like it was clear that it wasn't just for an American audience. No, they had to give context. And like, honestly, the fact that she did like the greatest American music event of the year and gave the exclusive to British Vogue is crazy but it's really indicative of how American Vogue is like not that like fab anymore no no and it's rare that we get a cover that we're just like stunned by and we're shocked that that they even got it it's always yeah, someone who's just you know like they're the, the gala chair right here, someone who's there. like of the moment right now in like a really elite circle that like cool cool yeah, but this was this was a moment and she looked beautiful. The baby is so cute and like ASAP Rocky, like it's giving it's like giving daddy vibes. Like I'm kind of obsessed. Yeah, really cute. So she had some really great quotes, especially about motherhood, because she's just like 
all in on being a mom. Mm-hmm. Also, the interviewer at the time didn't know that she was pregnant. Of um, but she talked about like how her life has changed the first roller coaster month. She said, it's everything. You really don't remember life before. That's the craziest thing ever. You literally try to remember it. And there are photos of my life before, but the feeling, the desires, the things that you enjoy, everything, you just don't identify with it because you don't even allow yourself mentally to get that far because it doesn't matter, which is like so true. I feel like everything that used to be like a a priority for me is just like irrelevant now. And that's how I like it, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So um, she also talked about, you know, the baby clothes and that it's not cool enough for these babies. Oh, really? Yeah. And that she like kind of designs clothes for baby. Of course. um, Leading to, you know, maybe some sort of like Fenty baby, Fenty kids Mm. path in the future. Um, I like baby clothes. I think they're cute. I just want to say I think they're cute too. And I feel like Kim tried to do that. Like she had kids and was like, this sucks. And then they did like that kids supply thing. Mm hmm. And it's like the kids clothes have been around for so long. Like it works and they're pretty much disposable because kids are always shitting and vomiting in them. Yeah. It's okay. I I don't think you need to reinvent the wheel. Like maybe a capsule collection. Sure. Yeah. But like, I like, like she was saying how she puts like baby in kilts and like how she wants, you know, just like more avant-garde designs. But like, I like the ease of a romper. That's an unrelatable. That's a really not relatable thing for her to say. Cause like uh, the fuck. Yeah, but it does seem like she's very hands-on. So yeah. it's like, if, I mean, actually, the ease of a kilt, it does sound pretty, you just whip it open. Yeah, the I diaper. I don't know, she might be should onto start, something. Should we start putting Harry in kilts? Let me search a baby kilt. Yeah, we'll get him like a mini bagpipe. I mean, he could have red hair one day. Like, we just are kind of like stereotyping him. True. But no, but like, he doesn't have to have a bagpipe to have a kilt. Like, he could just wear a kilt. Isn't a kilt like an Irish garment? Yeah, but it's also like a skirt. Yeah, I guess it. it, it it's or, or, no, it's it's all yeah. It's like a garment, you know. It's yeah. like a shape of clothing. It's like skirt. Maybe maybe it's only a kilt if it has plaid. I'll Google it. Let's see the definition. I think it's no, but a, I, it's a kilt if it's a skirt that uh, wraps buttons. around. Yeah. A kilt is a garment resembling a wraparound knee-length skirt made of twill-woven worsted wool with heavy pleats and the sides and back are traditionally are tartan pattern. Heavily pleated. <laughs> That's so kilt. That's so kilt. These kilts are cool. They're kilting it. Lol. Um, overall, this was a win for everyone. Like everyone came out looking great. British Vogue, Rihanna, ASAP And a win for us because we got pics. We got, you know, insight into like what it's been like for her as a mama and just, you know, new music, of course, like the interviewer asked and she said, uh, pretty much that like, it's impossible to tap her last album, Auntie. And every time she like, you know, finds a song or whatever. Like, it's just not going to be better. So she's not going to put out something worse then. But she really does want to put out new music. And she's written and, like, recorded songs over the years since, Auntie. But, like, now she listens to them and she's like, they're just not good enough. Mm, Okay, well, we appreciate a queen with a high bar and not just, like, doing a money grab. Right. She said, like, she wants it to be this year. I know, but, like, now she's pregnant. So that might be tough. Yeah. She got a lot on her plate. Like, bra, bra, bra. Garages. So that was fun for everyone mm-hmm. yesterday. And it's just, it was. it's just a month of Rihanna. I know. I'm like loving it. I hope she doesn't go away. You know, she's so private. We get nothing from her. And like now we're going on two weeks of just like endless Rihanna. Yeah. I'm overwhelmed. 
I know we're not used to it. I know it's exciting. Are you ready for our next story? Mm-hmm. Someone else who's overwhelming sometimes. Kelly Ripa will now be joined by her husband, Mark Consuelos, permanently as Ryan Seacrest is departing live with Kelly and formerly Ryan. Ryan Seacrest is saying goodbye to Live with Kelly and Ryan, and his replacement is someone very familiar to co-host Kelly Ripa. On Thursday, the longtime broadcaster who joined the ABC show in 2017 announced his exit from the series with plans to move back to the West Coast this spring ahead of the American... Ryan has been doing this since 2017 now? Yeah, six years. That Michael Strahan thing was six years ago? Yeah, that makes that feels right. Oh me. my God, it does not feel right to me. That's the crazy. The Michael Strahan thing feels like a long time ago. It feels like Ryan joined semi-recently, but you know, time flies. Plus there was like COVID and, and that was just a right. time suck. Right, so right, So it's technically right. been three years, but like it feels like, I don't know, a billion. So I guess, I guess it's not like suspicious that he's leaving. Like doing it for six years is enough time. I don't feel suspicious about him leaving. I don't because I feel like since the day he took the job, it was unsustainable. It's not something that could go on forever, especially while he did his LA show. He does American Idol. He's so LA based. Like he's, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, Kiss FM. Like, yeah, unless he was ever going to leave that, this couldn't be his full time thing. Mm -hmm. And if he wanted to be like the New York guy, um, so I'm not sus. I think he just kind of probably burned out and had to ultimately make a choice. He announced his exit from the series with plans to move back to the West Coast this spring ahead of the American Idol live shows in L.A. In his departure, Seacrest will be permanently replaced with actor Mark Consuelos, Kelly Ripa's husband. The show will officially be rebranded as Live with Kelly and Mark. He said, it, Seacrest said, it was a tough, tough decision, but a bittersweet one. He honored his bond with Kelly. He said, working alongside Kelly over the past six years has been a dream job and one of the highlights of my career. She's been an amazing partner, friend, and confidant. And although we will always be a part of each other's lives, I will miss our mornings together. Okay, I mean... I agree. Him leaving is not sus. It was never a sustainable thing for him. He has too much going on. And actually, I'm relieved that he's taking something off his plate. Like, man needs to slow down and take a nap. Remember when he had a stroke, like, live on air? Yeah. So I think it's for the best. Now let's talk about the replacement. I want to say one thing. I'm so glad that he's leaving and a replacement has been announced. Because remember, there was, like, months of... Kelly and Blake, yes. Kelly and Andy, Andy and Andy, every, Jerry O'Connell. Right, like everyone was a rotating thing and, and I'm, none of us can do that again. So yeah. I'm glad that they made a choice. I love choices and a choice was made and it was, they already have a plan. They're not just like, it's not Jeopardy. That's to, what I was just about to bring up. So for that, I am grateful. I agree. But in terms of selection, what are your thoughts? Nepo husband. Yeah, I just like, I don't know. It's like an uninspired choice. It felt like she wanted a a way to have a guarantee that the next person wouldn't leave. And when it's your husband, they literally can't. And I don't think Mark Consuelos is like that much going on outside of just, Hiram Lodge is a busy man. But that show is ending. Oh, that's so true. Like, I don't think he has a ton going on. So I don't think it's going to be a case like Ryan where he has to choose between so many projects. And they're married. So... It's a good choice in that sense because I'm sure she's over the revolving door just as much as we are. And I'm sure they have good chemistry. I don't know. Something about this just feels kind of lame. Yeah, it does feel kind of lame. But I think it's a good choice in the sense that like now this is Kelly's show and now yeah. it will stay Kelly's show. Like, yeah, I don't see unless he's a disaster. I don't see him ever being off the show. And, and now like they can do this forever. But it's right. also like I feel like for a lot of people – this live show was a stepping stone 
Yeah. But for Kelly, it isn't. But I guess for Regis, it wasn't either. It was his show. And maybe Kelly, like, loves doing this or there's no, no other job that she'd rather be doing except for the one that Michael Strahan got. Um, mm. <laughs> and so now she's solidifying it. Like, this is my show. I'm parking myself here. It's like the toast kind of, you know? Now there's like... yeah. It's a job for life. Yeah. I think like she's made it clear over the last few years, like this is not a stepping stone for her, but I think she hated the idea of other people using it as a stepping stone for them. Michael Strahan. Yes. And I don't think she liked it always being like Kelly and blank and who's, is it bigger? Is it smaller? If it's, if it's bigger, they overshadow her. If they're smaller, they might get bigger than her. Right. And you know what? This, like, it's an industry of egos. I don't think it's unnatural to feel that way. No, so I think, like, this is a really safe selection in terms of keeping Kelly happy. And I feel like, I just imagine she's not, like, a super, you know, easy person to, like, always keep happy. Yeah, I think on its face, yes. But I think the idea of working with your husband every day um, in, a job that, in a job that you excel at and is new for him, like, I think there's going to be some fights behind the scenes. Well, he has co-hosted many times, so I think there's like a little bit it's like of a, experience like, there. This reminds me of like you and Ben. Like you and Ben co-host sometimes yeah. and it's fun. Could you do this yeah. job with him every day? No, 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 no. There's nobody I could do this job with except for you. Oh, turd. I set you up for that, but it warms my heart. <coughs> Bless <I'd> you. Love- <coughs> she sneezed on it. It's true. So it's so fucking true. So fucking true. Um. So yeah, I think this is going to put like, I think on the one hand, it's going to be good for their marriage. Like they both now have solid working careers. Footing, yeah. Um, but on the other hand, like, it's a lot of time to spend with your partner. Yeah. it's so No, it's true. And I, I don't know from a, I don't know what the audience thinks of him, you know? Yeah, I think they like him. I think he's likable. I think he's just like her, you know? Like, they just are, I just think of them in, like, their Instagram presence and, you know, they're, like, yeah. goofy, relatable parents, but also famous. Um, yeah. They've been married a really long time. I think people have a lot of respect for their relationship. So I think going into it, it's all good. Yeah. But like, we'll see. What if things get tense? Like, I'm stressed. No. no. You know, That's, what if he, like, yeah. makes a bad joke and, like... You and know. it's live. Yeah, no, totally. It's really tough to work that close with with a partner. It really is. Especially like it's Kelly's show. It's not like they're coming into this like as equals. Sunny and Cher. No, that's so true. Even Sunny and Cher wasn't like an equal. It was like the the Cher show. Yeah. No, you're right. Like it's pre like the dynamic is pre-established. She's very much like a guest. Um and ego is a very real thing in a job like this. So you're right. Yeah. I wish them all the luck in the world. And I'm happy for Kelly that like, you know, the ship is afloat and it's going to stay like this for a while. And I'm happy for Kelly that her Google search results are now like a bit more mindful, at least for the time being. No. And like, this is real news. Yeah. Thank you, Kelly, for all the work you do. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready for our next story? Yeah. Something that you were sharing with me yesterday. Meghan Markle's 2014 blog post about Kate Middleton's wedding has resurfaced. A blog post allegedly from her now shuttered lifestyle website, The Tig, reveals that Meghan knew who the royal family was and wasn't impressed with the chatter around Princess Kate despite previous protestations. So Meghan Coyley claimed during an interview after her engagement with Prince Harry in 2017 that she didn't know much about her fiancé or his family before she met him. 
However, in the blog post from 2014, which was written when she was an actress on Suits, she reportedly revealed her feelings about princesses and royal weddings. The now Duchess of Sussex wrote that she was tired of hearing the, quote, endless conversation around the royal nuptials of, quote, Princess Kate to Prince William. The alleged blog, written two years before she met now-husband Prince Harry, explains that she was unlike most little girls who dream of being princesses and instead was focused on She-Ra, princess of power. She wrote, quote, For those of you unfamiliar with the 80s cartoon reference, She-Ra is the twin sister of He-Man and a sword-wielding royal rebel known for her strength. We're definitely not talking about Cinderella here. Megan then noted many adult women seem to hold on to their childish dream of becoming a princess. Quote, grown women seem to retain this childhood fantasy. Just look at the pomp and circumstance surrounding the royal wedding and endless conversation about Princess Kate. Okay, this blog post, just like content wise, has such pick me energy, like putting other women down because like they like want a fairy tale. Like, okay, rude. Um, So like just on its face, like even if she didn't, you know, end up being a princess and a duchess, like. It's just like I've, I would read this and roll my eyes like don't yuck other people's yums and like put other women down because like you are like, you know, I want to be the She-Ra like cool. We don't care. Um, <laughs> so this is just like an article written by someone I would hate like if I just met them at the time. Yeah. And then the sheer fact that she did go on to marry a prince is like obviously not lost on like the irony of it all. Yeah. Well, so Daily Mail published this and I think that they did it to like make her look like a hypocrite. Like, oh, yeah, you course. knew who the royal family was. Before. And you said you didn't. OK, but like I don't think she's I don't think this makes her a hypocrite. I actually think this is very in line with everything she said. Like she of course knew who the royal family was. First of all, she's like an educated woman. She doesn't live under a rock. Like, mm-hmm. but no, maybe she didn't like follow them. And I, I do believe that, but like she knew who the royal family was and she knew there was a royal wedding at one time and she was a right. culture writer for her blog. And so she was right. commenting on the culture. Like, I don't think that that's so crazy. Me neither. Um, but I, do I, I think, think it, it's not like a gotcha moment. I agreed in the way that they think that it is. And I do think that like actually her stance on like, I roll at princess does kind of explain why she's not impressed by, you know, the role that she married into and, and didn't like care or need for any of that. And instead yeah, no, like it, being a powerful woman, which is what, you know, she's She-Ra. doing now. She-Ra is more important to her. So I actually think like this is congruous. Yes, I agree. It all tracks, but it does make me roll my eyes. Oh yeah. I, I, I don't care to know about She-Ra, brother of he Yeah. No, it's just like, oh my God, like it's, it's like, it's like leave everyone alone, you know? Like I would just, if I was writing an article on the same topic, I would have literally the opposite thesis. Um, but I agree. If anything, I think it, instead of pointing out some sort of hypocrisy, I think it actually points to like a, a consistency in her worldview. Yeah, and like a disdain for all of the pomp and circumstance and royalty. And I'm sure as she got to know Harry, she probably came to like respect more of it. But uh, like she's not a little girl who dreamed of being a princess. Right. And it's like she's making that her personality and putting down other girls who did. And that makes me roll my eyes. But, but okay. also like this blog post is from 10 years ago. Yeah, so, so true. It's like evaluating it as if she wrote it today is just like not fair. Agreed. And it goes against everything I believe in to bring up some things people wrote many, many years ago um, and trying to fit it into the world we live in now. It's irrelevant. And you know what? As judge proceeding over this episode, I'm having this evidence thrown out. I agree. And I don't think it did what they thought it 
it, same. it does for her. Same. Okay. No, and when I first saw it, I was like, oh my God. I know, but then thing. you read it and it's and like, yes. there's nothing here. And it could be like so much worse. Like she could have oh my God, actually talked crap. Or she could have been like guffawing over how beautiful was the dress. <laughs> You know, like, agreed. It's it could have been so much worse. So much worse. It's a nothing burger. No, and you know what it shows? It shows she was scrupled then, and she's scrupled now. No, and um, it's just a titillating headline, like that she had a yeah. blog post about the royal wedding, but like she really didn't. She had a blog post about f- female power, or whatever. A hundred Shira. Shira. Uh, before we continue, let me just let everyone know, super important announcement. The rest of the episode is brought to you by Air Doctor. Clean air is one of the fastest and easiest ways we can have a positive impact on our health, improve the quality of our indoor air with a high-quality air purifier. All you have to do is breathe with Air Doctor. I have my Air Doctor right over there. She's always just purifying wherever I walk by. She's like, oh, girl is here. Let me purify. You've got to check out Air Doctor because you're breathing 20,000 breaths per day and Air Doctor is filtering out dangerous contaminants and allergens so your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor uses an ultra HEPA filter that's been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested bacteria and virus. Allergens can vary in size, but the average pollen size is about 25 microns and Air Doctor captures particles as small as 0.003 microns in size. So that's 100 times smaller than even the HEPA standard. Americans are spending 90% of our time indoors these days, and according to the EPA, indoor air can be two to five times more polluted than outdoor air. So with Air Doctor, there's no need to worry about the noise. They use their exclusive professional Whisper Jets fans that are 30% quieter than the fans found in an ordinary purifier, and that means you can run Air Doctor at the highest speeds while still enjoying a peaceful home environment. There's nothing better than buying something and like having it do all the work for you. Like I have, I got the Air Doctor like over a year ago. When I tell you, like I have left it alone. Like it's just, it's always working for me. I don't have to like go in and do a million things. And there's such a visible difference in the air here. I also have one at home. I think it's so good to use when you're sleeping. If you wake up with like dry throat or like bad allergies, it's maybe because the air in your house is not great. And with everyone working from home and spending a lot of time at home, it's important. So Air Doctor comes with a no questions asked 30 day money back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com, use promo code TOAST, and depending on the model, you can receive up to 35% off. That's up to 35% off, but only if you go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com, promo code TOAST. Thank you, Claudia. You're welcome. Our next story is some good news coming out of TikTok. Mm. A Vermont man's book becomes a bestseller 10 years after its release, thanks to his daughter's TikTok. Lloyd Devereaux Richards is now a bestselling author more than a decade after publishing his first novel, a thriller titled Stone Maidens. But the road to publishing success was an arduous one for the 74-year-old father of three from Vermont until his daughter hatched a plan to get his book the attention she felt it deserved. Stone Maidens was published by Thomas and Mercer in November 2012, about 14 years after Lloyd began writing the book, the paper reported. The book was reportedly inspired by a series of crimes that occurred in the mid-1970s while he attended law school at Indiana University. Hmm. Unfortunately, Stone Maidens did not gain much traction among readers when it was initially released, but his 40-year-old daughter wasn't about to give up on her father's dream. Earlier this month, Marguerite Richards made the decision to start a TikTok account on her father's behalf with the goal of promoting his novel. She said it was such a great book and I knew how important it was to him. I thought maybe it's just because nobody knows about the book. He was skeptical at the time, but it turns out that she was right. 
She created a TikTok with her father's story um, saying, you know, how it was like videos of him showing like how he worked 14 years um, to write this book while also working a full-time job and providing for his kids. He published it and it didn't have that many sales or anything like let's help him get where he needs to go. The TikTok has been viewed more than 43 million times and has Aww. received more than 9 million likes. And now it is like the number one bestseller on Amazon under thrillers. And it's like number seven overall. And this man's a star. This is just, you never... Every now and then, like, social media really does its thing. And this actually happens quite a lot on TikTok. Um, so this is, like, a formula the girl was following. Because I've seen quite a few, you know, this girl over COVID, she was like, my dad is, like, an English teacher. And he um, is hosting, like, these virtual poetry lessons, like, to teach people how to write poetry. And only one person showed up. Like, can we get more people? And then he had, like, a thousand people. Like, there are so many cute stories like this. Or, like, you know, my mom spent her whole life wanting to open her own restaurant. Now she has her own taco shop. And, like, it's opening day. And nobody came. And there's a line around the corner now. Like, so it's – this is a thing that happens on TikTok that's so sweet. And it's, you know, things, you know, parent kids doing things for their parents. And it's, it's really beautiful. And it, it's like an emotional thing. And this is an amazing story. An amazing story. And I've heard the book is pretty good. You should and read I it. Can't, yeah, no, I think we should pick it for the redheads. I was just looking at it on Goodreads. It now has, it has 4.04 stars, 526 ratings. So I guess not everyone who's bought it so far has read it. Um, but I'm there. I kind of do want to read it. Like I want to be a part of this good news. I know it's so it's so sweet. It's so precious and it's so pure. It's so precious, it's so pure and it really shows how like the internet really can be good. If we didn't all just like sit around fighting about like pronouns, like we could just like be good. Yeah, until they find his old tweets. Oh, you're so right. Until they find, until someone reads the book and finds a problematic passage. Oh, right, right. No, you're so right. This guy, like, with... with Especially the, with it was the written 12 years ago. What the internet giveth. Yikes. The internet giveth, the internet taketh away. Yeah, that's like, remember that Budweiser, that beer guy? What did that guy do? Something in Idaho. He was raising money with beer. Yes. Yeah. A lot of money for a good cause, but then he had old tweets. What is going on in your house? Oh, you can hear that? Some furniture is being moved downstairs. I'm really excited about it. But um, it is really loud. Yeah. De my deepest apologies. Okay. Um, but I'll, I'll post a picture later so everyone can be excited about it. So it'll happening. be worth it. Yeah, yeah. Check my IG at Jackie Ashray. Um, I wrote a book 14 years ago and it didn't get the sales <laughs> that it wanted. Please, please That's go funny. get it. It's called Girl With No Job. Yeah, bitch, rude. Girl in the job, crazy beautiful life of an Instagram thirst monster available anywhere. Just you kidding. Get books. New York Times bestseller. Eh. Um, also what reminds me of the internet just not being able to accept something good for mm -hmm. what it is. Mr. Beast. We never did that as a story. Oh yeah. But that was fucking crazy. Yeah, can you give me the rundown on what the backlash was for him? Okay, I feel like you would know just as well as me because um, I just saw like bits and pieces. But so Mr. Beast, who's a creator who like does a lot of goodwill creating, right? Like right. charity. He's always just giving away money to not like charities, obviously charities, but just no, like charity people, work. In, people. people in need. Yes, and he's like the number one person on YouTube, right? Yeah, he's huge. Huge. And so he found like he, a thousand people who are blind he paid for their surgeries to cure blindness because it's like a really expensive surgery, but there is a surgery that exists 
that can make the blind see. Mm-hmm. So we did that for a thousand people and did a video and it was like so beautiful. But then there's backlash saying that like the whole deed was inherently ableist. Yeah. And so I just want to, for like kind of make my last will and testament, like if I do ever go blind, like I get me the surgery. Okay. You want to see again. Yeah. I And it, maybe that makes me ableist, but I just can't with these words anymore. I really can't. These labels like ableist. You want to know why? Because there are things out there that really are terribly ableist and terribly transphobic and terribly racist and terribly homophobic and terribly anti-Semitic. And we're playing fast and loose with these terms that they're losing their meaning because like, because I feel like, especially on the internet, people really try to have like nuanced conversations um, and that never works out. And we just end up throwing a label at them like, well, you're homophobic. And I don't think, I think more often than not, that person isn't the the word and we're we're using these words too much that they've lost all meaning and I think you know I think we're doing ourselves a disservice like I can't anymore with just the way we just call everyone a word because they they try to have like a nuanced conversation and maybe what they say is like a little out outside the lines of what PC culture is but PC culture has like the norm now is like what used to be the is, fringe. The norm is abnormal. Right. So it's like the norm is now what used to be like the fringe of the culture. So it's impossible to have nuanced conversations without just being labeled as something. And it's so toxic because we can't talk. Right. And I do think like privately people have like real conversations yes, with course. one another. But then it's like publicly like. No one wants to fucking go there because, like, why do you? Because you get thrown a label at you. So everyone just sort of like backs off. But then, like the the most extreme becomes the norm. Are the only ones that are that are being heard. becomes the norm. Yeah. So I'm just like over it. Like I really am. Bring back conversaciones. Yeah. Um. Also, like Mr. Beast helping a thousand disabled people. Like I, I just don't know how that's beautiful. He's ableist. That's no. fucking crazy. Like, that's a fucking stretch. Don't hurt your shoulder, man. No, that's the biggest stretch I've ever heard. And really, I think I think Upside people... Upside down. No, I think people who think that way and who are constantly looking for, for an angle to make something good, bad, like, I think that's like an undiagnosed mental illness. I really do. I think, like, the, the, the constant hunting um, and people who are really chronically spend their time online... I think those people are really not okay. Yeah, no, I agree. And more often than not, those people are like journalists or people with like with real jobs. It's not like these fringe people. No, they're, they're, they're people, people with platforms. They're and, people are respected. Right, they're like elites in the country. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on, but I'll say it once, I'll say it again. People are not fucking okay. And I want no part of it. Agreed. That's why we have to create our own little... Haven. Toast, toast haven. Toast haven. Like, don't fucking come for me. That's not, that is not something that you can do here. Like, I will block you and I will delete everything you say because you want to know why? It's a free country, bitch. You don't like it? Move. Because oh. I can. Speaking of country, I learned something so interesting about our girl Jacqueline yesterday. Me? Oh. Yeah. I'm like, Jacqueline Hill? What did she do? <laughs> Jacqueline Oshre has never been to Canada. I have never been to Canada. I've never visited our neighbors to the north. Watch, someone's going to find an old picture of me in Canada. Literally. Be like, liar. Um, no, I literally, I don't believe I, I know. 
I have a pretty good memory. I think yeah. I would know like if I ever took a trip to Canada and I haven't. And I just feel like that's fucking weird. Is it? What am I missing there? Except like on the, I've seen some really beautiful things like on the West Coast yes. of Canada, which is like really far. Yeah, it is, but it's um, beautiful. Like I'm still trying to get, go to Montana. I've actually been to Montana, so that I remember. But um, well, you're like, missing on the on the East Coast. You're missing some really flourishing, thriving Jewish communities in Toronto and Montreal. Montreal's also Brian says the Rome of the North. Wow, in what way? History? You know, there's cobblestone streets. It's very French. Oh, it's very French up there. Right. It's also the Queen's domain. It is. So, like, I guess I could go. It's part of the Commonwealth. And be a part of the Commonwealth. You know, nothing's ever brought me to Canada. No school trip, no bachelorette party, no work opportunity. Like, the Canadians have never requested your girl. No, they haven't. But, like, I have been so many times on a camp trip for work many times. I, I didn't just went go to, to that wedding. camp that you went to. I know. Just for laughs, didn't want to hear my jokes. Yeah, I did perform it just for laughs. <laughs> I've, I'm, I feel like I'm always going to like a panels and stuff at in Canada because You're it's big so in Canada because it's so Jewish. And actually, I think when you break down our demographics, Toronto is maybe top three, maybe two even of our biggest demographics for the Toast listenership. We're international, baby. Well, I mean, I'm open to going. You know, yeah, it's not like a. A prejudice I have against the country. Oh, you're not xenophobic? I'm not canophobic. So you're xenophobic. <laughs> but though people will say. That, right, that's what no, I'm no, saying. No, but like not going to Canada, like I've been outside the country. So like you no, know, no, can't I'm call me kidding. xenophobic, Jackie, fucking bitch. I'm, no, okay, I'm you're, kidding. Like, you're going to start something. Jackie. Like, Jackie today is ableist and xenophobic. Jackie, that was the joke I made. I'm like, are oh, you not xenophobic? And you're like, well, I'm not Canadaphobic. I'm like, oh, wait, so you are xenophobic? <laughs> no, no, I heard you. But just like using that label wasn't even like an app. No, I mean, Jackie. You can't just throw around these words. People no, but come Jackie, my neck. That's I, that, that was me coming full circle, harking back to a conversation we had five minutes ago. No, I know. It's funny until it's... Yeah, until Jackie, it's I know Jackie really you. well. She's not xenophobic and she's not Canada-phobic either. No, I'm not. It's just like a coincidence. I've never been. No, it's crazy. Crazy, crazy. You're kind of like a crazy girl. Well, that we knew. Yeah, it's so true. So true. I'm dreading going into the fifth and final story because it's really sad. Oh, no. Yeah. What is it? But um, since I just told you guys that, I'll yeah. just get into it. The captain of the Thai soccer team that was in the cave for two weeks back in 2018 has died from a head injury oh. in the UK at the age of 17. Oh, that's terrible. One of the 12 boys dramatically rescued from a Thai cave in 2018 has died in the UK. Dom, uh, he goes by Dom, but his name is Dom Petch Promthep, was found unconscious in his dorm in Leicestershire, England on Sunday, the BBC reported on Wednesday. He was taken to a hospital where he later died. Various reports in Thailand say that Dom, who the BBC has said he attended a soccer academy there um, since late last year, suffered a hand injury. He was the captain of the Thai boys soccer team, which was trapped inside a cave for over two weeks in 2018, which we all remember. While that was exploring. such a crazy story. Such a crazy story. I don't think uh, I remember them being stuck there for two weeks. Yeah. That's a crazy amount of time. It was so crazy. Uh, he was the captain of the team that had got stuck there. Um, oh. In a statement released to people, the Leicestershire police confirmed they are not treating the boy's death as suspicious. Uh 
Shortly before 1 p.m. on Sunday, police were called to the boarding school in Leicestershire Road. The call concerned the welfare of a pupil, a 17-year-old boy who was taken to the hospital. He has since died. The boy's death is not being treated as suspicious, and a file will be prepared for the coroner. I don't know how a 17-year-old sudden death is not treated as suspicious. Well, because he had a, an injury. Is that what injury? From what? From the cave, No. No, oh, no, I don't oh. think it has anything to do with the cave. Oh, I thought that's what you said. No, sorry. He's just like one of the cave boys. That's how we know him. Oh. He, and he died at the age of 17 in his dorm from a head injury, and it's not being treated as suspicious. Oh, well, that's... And them not treating it as suspicious is even more suspicious. Yeah. So oh, I thought his, he like eventually succumbed to his injury, like an injury sustained in the cave. Not that I've seen in any of this. And Understood. everyone made it out alive and well. Alive, not injured? Not injured. Oh, okay. It was then, a miracle. Then I'm wrong. Um, that's terrible. Really terrible. Um, a lot of his former teammates from the cave put out statements um, just expressing their sadness, and the Thai community is very sad as well. But That was such a crazy time. Such a crazy time. For like a week, we were all just waiting. That was so sad. And it was like one boy at a time. And we yeah, like, yeah. We got him. And, and like yeah. Elon's trying to send a submarine. But everyone's yeah. like, no, Elon, your submarine will Oh, that was work. weird when Elon was like starting beef with everyone. Starting beef with everyone. He had like a submarine in a swimming pool. Right. At a college trying to see if he could get him out. Well, that's like kind of the footage now that's coming out of Turkey and Syria from the earthquake, which is so sad. It's like there's Horrible. so many people under the rubble. And like every time they get one, there's like a whole celebration. But like there's so many more people. That is so sad. So sad. Terrible. What's going on in the world, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm sorry to end on that note. I just, um, those boys, they were like global heroes. 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 And the captain. Yeah, that's terrible. Uh, yeah. Honestly, rest in peace. And I hope his family finds some sort of comfort and may his memory be a blessing. Amen. That's our show, you guys. Tomorrow is our last show of the week, and then we are off Monday. I just wanted to remind everyone because we respect bank holidays here. We will never let a bank holiday pass without no. honoring it. No, we kind of like are a bank, I would say. I would say that too. We're like a bank. Yeah. Yeah. So if you ever want to know where we're at, like check your local bank, see what they're yeah. doing. That's what we're doing. Thank you guys so much for listening to The Toast, the Millennial Morning Show, where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching us on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere. Podcasts can be found on so Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, I Hear Radio, Castbox, all the places wherever you listen to podcasts. Find us The Toast, leave a five-star review about a beautiful, stunning, smart, and wickedly talented we are, a Delta Zim. Hope you guys have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow for Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Goodbye. Love ya. Bye.